In today's consumer society, there are so many things to choose from. How do we choose? What are the principles to select the right thing for the right people? Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to Inverse. We're in a special season talking about families. When it comes to parents, we can't choose your parents. And when it comes to siblings, unfortunately, we can't choose your siblings. But there are some components that we can choose, and we're going to talk about some of those aspects today. So, Kelly, can you lead us out in prayer? Yes, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the gift of your word that reaches into our experience, um, no matter where we are. I pray that you'd guide us by your Holy Spirit, and may we um, be taught and led, and may we end up loving Jesus more because of our study today. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Seeker, let's go to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, and read verse 35 to 37, please. Sure. Um, Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Yeah. So, hey guys, so it's a philosophical question for the last 2,000 years, maybe even longer. Like, are we free moral agents? And that's another way of saying, can we, like, choose, or are we, like, just controlled by these outside forces where, like, I, 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 I mean, I, I wore this, you know, vest because I was forced, and do we have free choice? <laughs> so, Israel, according to this verse, what are some gleanings that we can get to help answer yeah. that question? And I know we're not going to solve this, this problem, but it can give insights of what Jesus is trying to yeah. get. The, yeah. the passage there in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37 is, first of all, is giving us the command that God is giving us that we are to love, or Jesus is giving us to love God with our entire being. Okay, wait, wait, verse 37, Jesus yeah. saying you should love the Lord with yeah. all your heart, all your, so this is like extreme, yeah. so. Yeah, so Jesus is essentially saying here, love the Lord completely. Okay. And so how is a human being, what is a human being composed of? Mm-hmm. He's now breaking that down. We're to love the Lord our God with our heart, mm-hmm. with our soul, and with our mind. So these are the three elements that compose a human being. This is what makes us human. Mm-hmm. And so in Jesus' command to love God in these three ways means that we have the capacity to love God in these three mm-hmm. ways. So you're saying that free choice is built into the actual uh, into the ability of love. Yeah. Yeah. So it's implicit in, right. in, 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 in And so essentially what Jesus is saying is that love requires, so normally when we think about love, we think about love as doing something that we do with our soul. Mm-hmm. We love people with our soul. And Jesus is saying, yeah, you do love people with your soul, but you also love people with your strength. You love people physically, mm-hmm. not just emotionally. And you also love people mentally. And so this, this component of the heart, soul, mind combined together to allow us or to express where someone expresses their ability to love God freely. Love requires this freedom of choice or the ability to not just love emotionally, but love cognitively with the mind, mm-hmm. make, making that choice. And just the very fact that it's love and it's a commandment shows that we have a choice whether to obey or not to obey. Mm-hmm. Because if we didn't have to obey or we had to obey, then why, what's the point of even saying it in the first place? That's true. I mean, if we were controlled by outside forces, Jesus would just say, continue as thou yeah. wert, you know. But yeah. no, he's getting to say, okay, that's, that's a very insightful insight. insightful insight. Yeah. Continue Thank as thou wert. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the King James. Correction. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was thinking about this command that 
Jesus gives that we should love the Lord mm-hmm. and the way that God invites us to love him is, mm-hmm. yes, it's a command, but what comes to mind is Romans chapter 2 verse 4, where it says that, do you despise... Romans chapter 2 <laughs> verse 4, you're quoting like you know it, and I'm sure you do, but I don't know <laughs> yeah, if yeah, the yeah, rest yeah, of us yeah, know yeah, it. I don't know it okay. in this way. Romans <laughs> chapter 2 <laughs> okay. verse 4 yes. in the New King James and uh, secret. Right. It says, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God mm-hmm. leads you to repentance? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that God draws us to himself, he doesn't command, yes, it's a command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. But the way that he, he prompts us to that love is that he draws us with his love. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually love, God's love that awakens love in us. Mm-hmm. And so even though he's saying we should love God, he's saying the way that we come to this love is because God loved us first, right? Yes. And in response to the love that God has shown to us, we respond in kind. So mm-hmm. love is not something you can force, you know, love me or else. Yeah. It's something that, that is awakened in you as a response to the love that you receive. Yeah. It's persuasive. There's a lot of philosophies out there. Just They want to take this free will, free choice out of the equation so that we're, human beings are just predetermined and that just absolves us from all responsibility. And all these bad things that happen to us, well, that's just the, the, the course, natural course of nature. But really, biblical philosophy, and I, I like these. Uh, I like thinking in these terms. Mm-hmm. I mean, free will and love is not an important part. It's crucial. It's it's the main thing that this entire yeah. great controversy is is battling it, over. It is the reason that Jesus came. Yes. If there was any other way to solve the sin problem, I mean, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he said, "Father." If it's possible, yes. take this cup away from me. Yes. But the cup wasn't taken away. Therefore, it was not possible yes. for Jesus to not go to the cross and save us at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So in order for, for love to act, for, for love to be preserved, God had to preserve our free will, like mm-hmm. to give us the choice whether to accept him or not. And there was no other way. So it is central to, yeah. to the whole picture. And it, for a Christian... If you do away with free will, you do away with the cross, really. Right, right. In some ways, it's it's freeing. In some ways, it's kind of scary. Yeah. It's it's it just opens it up. There's a lot of possibilities. And practically speaking, the importance of the free will of is not just important in our relationship with God, but it's also it translates to our relationship with each other yeah. and with other people. And so there's an element of there's an element of choice that is necessary in how I express my love to other people, and to take away the free will means that I am no longer responsible for the mm-hmm. actions That's or right. for my role in the brokenness That's of the right. relationships that exist yeah. in my in my life. So, so we talk about these, we were large, you know, philosophical themes about the last three thousand, two thousand, you know, one thousand, uh, two, two, two years, whatever. And then we're coming <laughs> coming down, and then Cali, like, let's bring it really down. So. We gotta make decisions, right? So, um, what are what are like everyday decisions that we need to make that are so sometimes difficult? Yeah, I mean, we gotta decide what am I gonna major in, who am I gonna marry? But I mean, what what what's like what kind of you know color shoes I'm gonna wear for my wedding? Like, what 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 are what are everyday things we need to make decisions on? I think you mentioned some. They're the kind of the one-time decisions too about you know what am I gonna major in? Sometimes we change that, but it's still kind of a directional thing. Or who am I going to marry? Who am I gonna spend time with? Where am I gonna live? Mm-hmm. And there's even uh, decisions that have to be made over and over again. Am I going to have this difficult conversation with this person? Mm-hmm. Am I going to go to this place and do this this activity? Mm-hmm. And so not all decisions um, are as important as others, mm-hmm. and not even all have the same moral weight, mm-hmm. right? There's sometimes like, okay, I'm mad at this person. Should I talk to them or not? Well, the Bible says to do that. Versus should I wear a green or a yellow shirt today? I don't 
think necessarily God's going to strike you if you choose the wrong one. Sure. So there's some things that do have moral weight and some that don't. Um, and so just one thing that comes to mind is sometimes we can over um, stress, overanalyze Stressful. and like, I will not please God if I don't wear the right colored shirt today. And it's like, Jesus, I mean, there might be some situations where there's some kind of statement by that shirt, but in general, (laughs) (laughs) there could be. So it's like, yeah, Yeah. but in general, you know, not everything is prescribed. So part of free will isn't even just God saying, you have the free choice, but good luck making the right one. Sometimes free will is literally, you can choose. And that's it. So and where, it's okay. where is that balance? And so I know mean, you gave a, an extreme version, but yeah. I do know some individuals, and not, I'm not exaggerating. As do this. I. <laughs> there, there are there are kind of it seems like two extremes. One, it's like it's my choice. Who cares what God says? Who cares what God bless says? me either way. I'm going to make my choice. I'm not going to pray about it. It's just whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And there's I, I, majority of people I know kind of go towards that area. Yeah. And there's others that say, and and I had a, a friend who said who wakes up in the morning and they get on their knees and, Lord, what do I wear? And I'm not going to get off my knees as a statement of my faith. And, and I know I'm mocking him a little bit, but it's, it is kind of like, I mean, and I'm, I'm wondering, did God tell you what to wear? He's like, no, he doesn't tell me. And he's in, in like this emotional angst. Where, where is, the, is, there, is there a balance? Is there principles? How do we free ourselves I mean, from One that? part of it that immediately comes to mind is, what, what is evidence in the Bible? How is Jesus led? How are people led? Yes. There's, there's no evidence of someone saying, God, what should I wear today? God, like, what should I do in this, in this case? But there are other situations. So, and another thing, too, is even as we bring out principles, there's no perfect formula. Like, if it's on this side of the line, therefore you don't have to pray about it. This side of the line, you do have to pray about it. Mm-hmm. Life isn't that clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Life is a lot more complicated. So the principles that we can take out of different people's lives, I think of Joseph a lot, of just him being led by God through the providence of day-to-day life, that we can take those principles and apply them and know that even if things differ between maybe you and your friend who prays about their clothes, like that's okay even if it's different. Mm-hmm. Right, and and I just want to say, I guess, broadening it for, for, for the principal thing, um, I love the story in Genesis, the story of beginnings. And when God created the Garden of Eden and he gave Adam and Eve the full garden and he said, mm-hmm. eat, mm-hmm. right? And in the entire garden, there was just one tree that he said, don't eat yeah, from. Yep. And so when, when God gives freedom, he gives complete freedom. Yeah. And if there are restrictions, he's, he makes it clear yes. that so these, are these are the restrictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think sometimes we tend to think of God from a restrictive angle. So if God doesn't mention it, we can do all of it. If well, he mentioned. <laughs> You're hesitating here, and I know I'm pushing you on yeah. it. Principles. No, be- yeah, yeah. If 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 there if if it is not restricted, okay, because yeah. I I wouldn't say if God doesn't mention it, because He may not necessarily mention marijuana in the Bible sure. specifically. Sure. But if there is nothing that is restrictive in Scripture, or yeah. God does in not restrict it, yeah. right? Sure. So so. The, the Are you devil. Colorado out there, Colorado, <laughs> Washington. Just okay, yeah. No, the devil's the devil's lie that he told to Eve was that God is restrictive, mm-hmm. and I think it's a lie that we've kind of bought into. Is that yeah. has God said, "Thou shalt not"? Mm-hmm. So we come from that angle, but in in actuality, God has said, "Thou shalt." Yeah, freely. Freely eat, mm-hmm. right? And and the only thing that I'm Dreaming asking the you first not principle to. is is freedom. The, right. The, the liberality is first, yeah. Yeah. and you build upon that. Someone, okay. someone, one, someone once asked me, you know, what was the first command that God ever gave? Hmm. And then I said, oh, it was the command to not eat of the forbidden tree. And then he said, no, that's not true. And he he led me to that very same passage. And he said, the first command that God gave was to freely eat. 
mm-hmm. or it says to eat, eat, to eat twice, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, it, really, it really shocked me because it, it, more than anything, it showed my perspective of who God was, my understanding of who God is. And when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to making choices, when it comes to exercising our free will, part of it requires an understanding of who God is. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to determine, to some degree, it's going it's gonna, it's gonna to form the context by which we make decisions. And it's critical for us to have a correct understanding of who God is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are great principles about life, how to make decisions. When we come back, we're going to look at how do we decide on the right life partner, about friends, and about these larger, larger decisions that we make and the principles that go along with it. So coming up after the break, stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. When it comes to making decisions and knowing God's will, there are these two theories. One, that God is a transcendent God. He is above there, above there, above uh, all of <laughs> us, there. and he, he, he just gives us free will and can do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. And he really doesn't interact with us on an everyday level. And the other extreme is the eminent view where God is amongst us and he's involved in every single decision dictating. that we make. And he's yeah. dictating, like, you must walk now, you must speak to this person, do not eat, they eat this. And, yep. and, then, and I find that, you know, in, in debating these two theories or theologies, that it actually takes Jesus away as a person. He's mm-hmm. more of this, you know, lifestyle philosophy or something impersonal. Yeah. But if we just believe that Jesus is a person, and he is a person, his yeah. spirit is with us, sometimes he does speak to us and say, mm-hmm. hey, speak to this person, don't eat that, eat that. <laughs> and there's other things where like, hey, you do have free choice and it's, sure. I don't want to say it's a balance, but that sounds like some kind of 50-50 mixture. Mm-hmm. But it's based on the person and his presence mm-hmm. that we have with him. I think one word instead of balance is blended. Mm. Um, you know, there are times where I can look back where God clearly spoke and other times where God clearly did not speak. Mm-hmm. But there was a point in my life that I thought unless he verbally spoke or very and like had a very strong impression that meant I didn't have enough faith. Mm-hmm. When I was actually in high school, there was a week of prayer speaker that came and told us mm. that <laughs> that um, that when we, we had any kind of question, anything like for what should I wear? Where should I go? Should I walk now? Should I speak? We should just pray and ask our question, and we'll hear God speaking to us very clearly yes or very clearly no. Mm -hmm. And then we should obey that. And if we don't hear something, it's simply because we don't have enough faith. Mm -hmm. And that wrecked my spiritual experience for like half the school year because sometimes like I think you said yesterday, you say no, am I doubting? Now I'm doubting my doubts. I don't know. It plays with your... Yeah, and and it doesn't... And I didn't come to Jesus as my friend. I came to Jesus as my teleprompter, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a relationship. It was like, I don't want to dishonor. I don't want to doubt. And it's just it was a frenzy of spiritual anxiety mm-hmm. and that's not the life that god gives us yeah. as outlined yeah. in the bible yeah no for sure i can resonate with that as i was kind of sure. as i'm processing i think there's three there's three things that come to mind three principles when it comes to our interaction with god the exercise the exercise of our free will and and then it's also an exorcism of your will or the exercise <laughs> exercise the yes, exercise <laughs> of of <laughs> our <laughs> will and another episode yeah. exorcism of free will yes. and uh, and then also the choices that we make yes. i think the first component is we have to understand first and foremost who god is an understanding of god is going to help us in the way we, that we make decisions mm-hmm. in a few ways for example 
we need to understand that number one, God loves us and he loves us more than we can even imagine what love really is. So God loves us. He's on our side. He wants what is best for us. Which sounds elementary, but it is the fundamental. It's the fundamental thing. Yeah. And the more we understand that, the more we realize how elementary it it isn't. Yes. Right. If that's okay to say. Okay. okay? Thank you. All right. So the the second thing is we also have to understand in, in of the equal of equal importance is the fact that God is all powerful and all wise. In other words, if if at the end of the day, I do have the desire to follow God, then God has taken into account my weakness and his strength is made perfect in our weakness, mm-hmm. which means that when I surrender myself to God, even in my weakness, I can't mess myself up. Mm-hmm. Right. When I surrender myself to God. And so he's powerful to 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 uh, ensure to make up for my weakness. He's he's got the sufficiency to to cover my mistakes. And he's also wise, all wise. In other words, I'm not going to catch him off guard. Mm-hmm. He he takes into account the, the mistakes that we make as human mm-hmm. beings. So an understanding of God gives us this freedom to live life. Uh, to live life freely, to live life in freedom, in freedom in Christ. So this understanding of who God is is critical to how we make choices. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that we need to focus... Well, if we can interject here just yeah. really quick, this is what the role of theology in everyday life. Yeah. Yes. Some people think theology is just Separate. theoretical, it's just <laughs> ivory tower, and some of it actually it is. Yeah. But the, this, this, this view of God really mm-hmm. impacts how you wear clothes or whatever. I mean, it's, it's yeah. so everyday and so crucial. So I yeah. just want to underline and underscore yeah. what you're yeah. saying. The second point is that what is the focus of our decisions? Mm. Is the focus me or is the focus God? Mm. And so this is another important guiding principle. This decision that I'm making, is it in order to advance me or is it is it something that I want to advance God? And if I want to please God, then God is going to help me. You know, God is going to help me make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. And the right decisions that he helps make are not going to be so much in, in, in uh, do this, do that, do this, do that at this specific time, but in preparing me as an individual to know how to make the right decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the third is that uh, choices are a revelation of character. Every action is a revelation of our character. And so these actions, the actions that we do on a day-to-day basis, more than anything, they give us an understanding or a glimpse into who I am. Mm-hmm. And I can go back... Look, reflect on my on my day's actions, the choices that I've made, and I can evaluate so who give, I give am. Us an, give us an example of that. I mean, that sounds really good and profound, yeah. but bring that down a little bit. Yeah, this morning when I woke up, okay. I was, thank you for getting me a hotel to stay at, right? Okay, you're so I, I, I woke up, and, and I have to make the choice, do I make my bed or not? Yes. This, this choice that I'm making reveals who I am. Even though it's a small choice, it might not Even be a moral no choice. One's watching, yeah, no one, you know. Right. This is well. Okay. Well, my my roommate's going to watch, okay. right? But but these choices, <laughs> yeah, sake. they're they're a revelation of who I am, right. right? And moment by moment, whatever I do reveals, gives an idea, a picture of who I am, not just morally, but who I am in every aspect of my life. Right. And so I can evaluate my choices. And my choices will let me know who I am. And by by doing this, I can implement change in my life. I can come back. God changed me in this area. God changed me in that. So you have these. Ah, I love this discussion. I love discussion. We're going super wide. I'm going super, super, super. Okay, secret. You're loving it too. I I, I really appreciated that because. sometimes thinking about what should I do, it, it kind of becomes about the action as opposed to God wants to change me as a person. Right? So, even so it's not the externality, it's, it's the internality. It's the internality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I really appreciated that. You know, when, 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 we talk, when James talks about the law, like we look at the perfect law of God, and what does it do? It reveals to us. It's like looking in a mirror, and you look and you see, oh, 
something's wrong with me, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't change myself. The mirror can't fix you. But it means I need Jesus to come and change me. So that that opportunity that we have to see who we are, you know, through our actions, when we come to the Word of God and we see that reflection of who we are, the whole purpose, God wants to change us, right? And then make us into the people who would make the right Mm -hmm. choices. Not just that he wants to dictate what choices to make, he wants to transform me so that I am like him and make the choices that are right. Mm -hmm. You think about the fruit of a tree, and if if the fruit is poisonous, you don't just take off the fruit because it'll just grow back over and over again. Mm -hmm. But you need to fix the tree. Mm -hmm. So I think about my personal struggle um, with speaking kindly. I'm sorry, Israel. And so I can can maybe, like, stop (laughs) speaking. I can speak nicer outside, but I might still be thinking unkind thoughts. And I was actually spending time with um, a friend. We we went out to dinner, and the waitress was being a little annoying. And they were just kind of talking, and then, like, she walked away, and he kind of, like, mumbled something under his breath. I was like, what? He's like, I just was saying a prayer. I'm like, what would you say? And he's like, Jesus, help me to think kind thoughts. So even though he was irritated and there was nothing external about his irritation, he looked super calm and patient, but he knew like in my heart, I need to love this person, even though they're frustrating mm. me. And so beyond that, that's where it's like, that's impossible. Like I can maybe be quiet, but I can't like stop having angry thoughts or stop being frustrated. But Jesus wants to penetrate into the heart of us. So even when frustrating things do happen, our response is like, Lord, they're probably having a hard day. Let me pray for them instead of being frustrated. So we've gotten, we've laid down the, 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 the answer. Is, yeah. I mean, we need Jesus more in our lives. That's really the answer for every inverse show yeah. that we every have. Every single episode we have. Uh, well, let's get, let's get to, into the very nitty gritty of decisions that we, specific decisions we, we need to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let, let me ask Callie. I mean, you work with a lot of young people and uh, how do we, uh, when, when you just, when you get older, you don't want to make friends. I mean, you have your friends, and I don't want to meet new people. You get cantankerous and, and really angry. Grumpy. But when you're grumpy, yeah, that's that's a great characteristic to have. That's not very Christ-like sometimes. But sometimes uh, when you're younger, I mean, you want to have a lot of friends, and I would say uh, it's important to choose the right How do we choose good friends uh, in our young adult years? Can I, can I, before Oh, you want to answer your question? Yeah, because okay, yeah, it goes with what we were talking about <laughs> okay. before. Okay. Please take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> I think about it. Because we were talking about... Uh, a, a personal transformation, the transformation God wants to bring about in our lives. Yes. I think that becomes one of the principles that guides the way that we make decisions even. Right? So uh, 1 Corinthians 15.33, I believe, says, you know, don't be fooled that bad associations, like bad mm-hmm. company ruins good morals. Yeah. Right? So if I know that God wants to transform me into the kind of person who is kind and loving, if I choose... I choose to associate with people who are mean-spirited and sarcastic and, you know, all that comes out of their mouth is judgmental. The Bible is warning me that don't be fooled, Mm -hmm. that associating with that all the time and choosing that to be the influence in your life is going to ultimately impact you. So that becomes a principle guiding how I'm going to choose my friends. Mm -hmm. Who do I want to be? And I want friends that I can emulate Mm -hmm. that will have a positive impact Mm -hmm. on who I become. Yeah, we're finding that the latest neurological studies, I've been uh, listening to a podcast uh, that talked about a book called The Teenage Brain and how it's just just really weird how the prefrontal cortex is suspended, especially in the late teenage years. Meaning, I I mean, like, should I do something that's right and good for me and healthy, or should I do something that will kill me? Yes, let's do something that will kill me. Like, this is a a consistent (laughs) choice that a lot of teenagers make. And the lifestyle habits that they do uh, makes them choose this way more. 
But what's very interesting is, although they don't have the ability to make judgment and criti- uh, use critical thinking, their ability, and as, as, as you are all very well, they, the social components of their brains are like flared up, right? I mean, they are like on super high. So I don't know why, and maybe this is something, a question we can ask the Lord, but during those adolescent late teen years or mid-teen years or some early teen years, uh, having the best friend, having good friends and that, that the corporate judgment mm-hmm. that's made together as a body is so important. Yeah. Because if you're going to fall, they're all going to fall together. But if you're going to do good things, you're yeah, all going to do it together. Yep. Yeah. And it can almost be salvific of choosing the right friends mm-hmm. in, in, you know, in, in the right, you understand, the right way. Yeah, yeah. And so how do we choose those right friends? And, and, and that's, that's the question we want to establish. We'll go to Israel and then Kelly. Yeah. I, well, I'm going to go everything from now on that you asked me is going to go back to these three principles. I think when it comes to friends or choosing a life partner or whatever... We have to be convinced that God loves us and that he wants us to be happy. Mm. So he's not trying to give us bad friends that are going to be boring, that we're not going to inter- intersect well with. He's not going to give us a, he's not going to want us to have a life partner that doesn't make us happy. God wants us to be happier more than we want to be happy ourselves. And we say that all the time and we don't believe that. And I don't believe, I didn't believe when I was younger, but I'm convinced more of it as I grow up, right, in life. Secondly, do I want to please God or do I want to please myself, mm. you know? I need to understand that happiness is monopolized by God. If I want to be happy, I need God in my life. And God is the source of happiness, and only He can give me happiness. And so I need to be convinced of that when I'm looking for friends or when I'm looking for a life partner or when I'm looking for a job or when I'm looking for a school. And finally, my desires, the choices that I want to make, are going to be an indication not just of who God is, but of who I am. And so it's going to help me check myself. Why do I really want to marry this person? Do I want to marry this person because I think they're beautiful and I want a beautiful person in my life? And so beauty is my, my last goal. Do I want to go to the school because I want to be smart or looked at as though I'm smart? Do I want these friends because I want to be cool? All these things are going to be indicators of who I am. And that's going to help me in understanding why I'm making the decisions and how much do I really trust God in the decisions that I'm making. Yes, I You go back to those three things. That's good. <laughs> but they apply. They, they yeah. apply. Yeah. They do. Um, I just think of three pieces that I've told my students and to ha- making good friends. I've actually had this question for yes. my seniors last year, like yes. how to make friends in college. I'm so glad. That's why I asked yeah. you a question. Yeah. Um, the first thing is, and this is the hardest one, is to be secure in who you are in Christ first. Um, otherwise, you'll try to make friends or try to please people to try to fill some kind of void. Some insecurity. Um, yeah, I have students even now who they, um, they're seeking certain friends and they'll stay with abusive friends because they feel incomplete without them. So the second thing is to be intentional. What do you need in a friend? Do you need someone who listens? Do you need someone with the same interest? Do you need someone who's just kind? Like, what do you need? In high school, I switched my friend group because I became more serious about the Lord. So it's very intentional. And the third thing is not all friends are both ways. So sometimes you're there to be lifted up, but sometimes you're there to be a witness and to bless others. On that note, we can't choose our family members, but we can choose the friends around us. And hopefully we encourage you to choose the right friends and the right spouse and make the right decisions for Lord Jesus. Hopefully it's been a blessing to you. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, 
This is Inverse.